Hello and welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. This morning, I received a newsletter from a fellow missionary, and the letter stated, quote, We are truly in a very difficult situation that the world has not seen in a century. It's unimaginable what will become of our future. One thing is certain, that the world will never be the same anymore. End quote. Friends, one way or another, we all share in this sentiment, right? In the last six to eight weeks, no doubt, your life, work routines, family, habits, all of these things have been going through multiple changes. One of those is how we work, how we fulfill our professional duties in the times of social distancing and quarantine. Recently, we held an online meeting for Adventist missionaries titled How to Work from Home. Here on this podcast, we are reaching a wider Adventist missions community and we felt it would be good to share the core of that webinar with you here in audio format. The conversation you're about to hear was held with Karen Porter, who is General Conference Associate Secretary and IPRS Co-Director, as well as International Service Employee Care Team Leader. Also on the panel with us was Herman Lust, General Conference Associate Treasurer and IPRS Co-Director, and also we had Samuel Navis, Associate Director for General Conference Communication Department. All right, all of them work from home, me included, and you too. So now, without further ado, let's transition to our topic at hand, how to work from home for Adventist missionaries. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. So, friends, we'd like to um, move into this uh, next discussion question. And, um, you know, I will address our panelists, but also everyone present. So here's the question, basically. The question is, what has been most challenging for you working at home? What's been most challenging for you working at home? So here's the proposal. While our panelists will be responding, please feel free to also share what's been challenging to you, all the participants in the chat. And if you'd like to share, we'll take one, two, maximum three responses audibly when when we are done with this question, at the end of this question. So for that, raise your hand and we'll take a few from some of you as well. All right, so let's do that. And uh, I'd like to pass the mic, so to say, to, um, to Sam. We haven't heard you yet. So what's been most challenging for you working from home? There are many phases in this process. And as I look to the vast number of faces that we have from all over the world, those challenges are unique to culture and the culture of your own home that you've built. So at the beginning, we had some issues um, related to the children mainly. So now they're at home, you know, they're, they're, no, they're not going to school anymore. You may have heard that campaign that we partner with ADRA on, 
every child everywhere in school, right? Um, you may have heard of that campaign. Now there is a rallying cry from all the parents saying, please, every child everywhere needs to go back to school because it's very difficult for parents to stay home with their children. You know, my children go to an Adventist school who had to adapt very quickly to this new reality. I have three boys, 10, 8, and 5, and there are nine pieces of technology, nine different platforms for each of them. So it's, it's crazy. I spend my days between Zoom and tech support for their Zoom meetings and their different things. And that's a, that was first a very difficult thing to adapt to. But then you get into a rhythm and you adapt to that. Last week, I think I, I put my finger on the most difficult thing for me. I can't take worshiping on Zoom any longer. You know, another Sabbath has come. And, and one Sabbath is okay. Two Sabbaths, okay, this is the fourth or fifth Sabbath that we are at home and we cannot gather in the same place with brothers and sisters that believe what we believe and raise our voices to sing and worship. I promise that when we go back to church, I'm going to sing from the depths of my soul, no matter what I sound like, because that's what I struggled with the most right now. And I did not expect it to be, but so far this is it, to just worship together. Again, that's it. Sam, I, I, I totally feel with you. If, if, if I was to uh, choose one big one for me, it, 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 it would be it. All right, so Kathleen is saying staying focused, right? It's uh, how do you arrange your life now when there are all of these distractors? Um, Kieran, uh, on to you. What's been challenging? What's been most challenging for you or several things? Uh, well, yeah, several things. I think, you know, the first week, the most challenging for me was just my physical workstation because, you know, I didn't really have a, a place at home that I worked from other than a chair or something. So I had to clean out, you know, my, uh, we call it the sewing room and uh, put the sewing uh, machine away and set up an office station but then my chair was so uncomfortable. I mean, I just had a straight back chair, you know, with no cushion on it. And sitting in it for hours, it's like my back got so tired. So then I started, you know, moving from, from my chair to the, to the little couch to the rocking chair. And that seemed to help. So just a, a comfortable workstation was uh, pretty important, especially, you know, until I kind of got it sorted out. But another one is irregular work schedule. Because, you know, we're at home, and so everybody thinks that everybody's at home, and so we're all available, right? And so we have had, uh, you know, more meetings since we've been home than we've ever had, because everyone is available. And so, hey, let's just, you know, let's hop on and let's have a meeting. But no one stops to think we still have all the emails coming in, and we still are, you know, dealing with our... Um, the issues with facing all of the missionaries around the world and, and the crisis committee is meeting and we have all these other meetings going on. So just, you know, like the last two days, we had spring meetings online starting at 6 a.m. So, um, you know, you get up and then you go, oh, it's too early to eat. And then you forget to eat. And then, um, you know, and then you get hungry in the middle of a meeting when you can't really yeah, and it just goes on and on and on. It just it, so I think the irregular schedule that um, was one, 
and the the separation between office and home that was another big one we would go to the office we'd do our work and then we'd come home and we'd have some separation now there's no separation we're just working you know all the time and so trying to figure out how to make that separation um i think those are the main things um maybe no alone time another one um just always being either online or with family and not having that that alone space time to to just kind of recover individually so those were the ones that i had thought of thank you karen um there there have been a few responses on the chat which i actually really appreciate friends if uh, if you have access to a keyboard and I know it's, you know, we're listening and we, we really want to hear what someone says. And I don't want to distract you with the chat part, but if uh, you do want to share, please do. Someone is saying that it's actually, you know, you work more. You really do work more, right? Um, there are no breaks, back-to-back uh, -back meetings, um, staying within working hours or privacy, uh, says someone else. There's some private messages to me. Uh, you can message either to me or to, uh, you know, so that everyone can see. Um, lack of reliable internet service uh, is our single largest challenge. Cheers, Don Robinson. Thank you for sharing um, these things. Uh, I'd like to turn now to uh, Herman to, uh, to share some of the things that are on his mind. Whoever still wants to share, please do so in the chat, or if we see a raised hand, we'll give you an opportunity to share audibly with everyone. Herman. Thank you, Alex. Um, for me, I have a few. One was, uh, I mean, we, we didn't expect us being so long working from home. So I guess that some people couldn't bring the stuff from the office, and that is one thing. The other one for us was how to help our team members to do the job. And, and I see that Joseph Marcelino is with us. He knows, he, they, they have been working hard to help all of the um, GC departments have at least uh, some kind of equipment. In, in some cases, they needed to provide some loaner laptops, and that is not easy. Uh, the other thing that I wrote, and, and Karen, shared that already it's it's uh, the difference between my personal space and my workspace but uh, in, in regards to time and something that is um, related to that is expectations which are my expectations which are the expectations from my colleagues from my team members from others i the other day i was talking to a friend and i said you know um, we cannot complain the lord is good but i feel like there's no there are no boundaries. I see myself uh, answering three, four times more emails than before. But I, I want to um, reflect on something that we were talking with, with our team. You know, together with Karen, once a week, we have a, it's on Wednesdays, we have a team meeting at 1 p.m. And even if we don't have agendas these days, we just meet. We, we try to see each other's face. And I, I you know, I would like to transform this challenge into, into something positive. You know, while, while I'm looking at the pictures now, who would have thought, at least it's a blessing for me, that I was going to see all at the same time friends that I work with, you know, some in Argentina, in IAS, in NSD. I can see Paul, Javier, Kenan, Ivanet, uh, Jorge, Trebling. That, that, that's, a, that's, that's part of the beauty 
of what uh, we can do now. Yeah. Thank you, Herman. All right, so um, clearly this is uh, a challenge. Uh, this requires a lot of changes to our routines and um, you know, following through with our main topic. We'd like to kind of share with each other what works um, for us because we, we all continue to be productive one way or another. You know, life goes ahead and there are things to do for the Lord in uh, where we are. So let's turn this conversation around and ask this question then. What practices, approaches to planning or organizing your day helped you to stay productive? And once again, Let's make this chat uh, a place where we can share experience. But uh, I'll, I'll turn first to Sam to answer this question. And let me repeat it again. What practices, approaches to planning or organizing your day helped you to stay productive? Take your time, Sam, and then Karen and Herman to enlighten us on what worked for you. Well, first, let me reflect on this crisis from our perspective in communications. I think it's important for us to take a step back from just ourselves and see the impact of this thing altogether. And in order for us to see this, I'd like to share a, a, my screen. There is a, a website. Well, this, this website is presenting this. It's called the Diffusion of Innovation Model. And this is what it means. Whenever there is new technology, whenever there is an advancement in any kind of innovation, you have two and a half percent of the population that are innovators. They love being the first people to touch that particular technology. And I've always been in this group, the early adopters, the innovators. So I lined up for the first iPhone, you know, all night waiting in line for this thing. And I'm usually uh, the first to try all sorts of technologies because I love it. Then you have the early adopters, those that look to the people that just tried it, they liked it, and so they adopt then you have the early majority. And if you can get a product or a technology to about 15% of everyone, then it, you don't even need to market anymore. It just happens. Everybody just uses it. And, and that's the early majority. Then you have the late majority, people that they kind of resent having to change and use this technology, but they're really running out of options, so they take it on. And then you have the laggards. And the laggards are people that the only reason why they don't buy rotary phones anymore is because they can't buy it. Nobody's selling it. So if they could buy it, they would still buy rotary phones. And this to me is a fascinating moment because for years I have been begging churches and administrators and missionaries to jump into the digital. It's like, look, we have to communicate with every human being alive and the most powerful tools we have to use it, we're not using it. It's time for us to move into that, into that world. And, you know, if, if you're a laggard, you know, if, if, you, if your personality is, I don't want to try anything new ever, then you would be struggling right now because you have been dumped on a, a, a middle of the greatest change we've had uh, for at least a century, you know, We've, the world has never experienced this level of disruption at the same time. So to some degree, I think we're going to emerge from this stronger because as a church, we have had to use technology in, in a different way. So adapting your day, do not be so resentful of having to try new technology and new things. That would be something that I do naturally, which will be very helpful to people in this process of change. 
The other thing I want to reflect on is in order for you to be productive, you need to be in the right frame of mind. Those of us that fly a lot, I describe what a lot of people are experiencing as a 12-hour moment in a 16-hour flight. Let me explain. When I'm flying for a 16-hour flight, I need to prepare myself emotionally for that flight because I know that by the end of it, I will be exhausted for a week. So I need to prepare. So you prepare, you kind of set the strategy of what you're going to do for each of those hours. At about hour 12, I lose all will to do anything. I don't want to watch a film. I don't want to read. I don't want to write. I don't want to be productive. I don't, I don't, I just, I'm just exhausted and I'm anxious and I just want to land. Now, it's easy to get to that moment. And when you are in that moment, it doesn't matter what you do throughout your day. It doesn't matter how you spread your day. Your routine doesn't matter. You don't want to do anything. So you don't want to get to that moment. And I found three things that, that have helped me tremendously in this environment of being locked up with your family. Um, the first thing is sleep. Sleep is perhaps the most important thing you can possibly do in this moment. And there are multiple biological reasons for this. And I'll take just a couple of minutes to talk about the biology of this. A couple of years ago, I wrote a book. I co-wrote a book with a neuroscientist. And it was a fascinating journey of, of just understanding how our behavior affects our mind and not the other way around. I've always thought that your mind affects your behavior. And, and I learned that it's, it's almost invariably the opposite. When you don't sleep, your prefrontal cortex, um, your frontal lobe, it doesn't have what it takes to control your emotions and yourself the next day. So when you don't sleep properly, you lose your ability to control your emotions. Can you imagine being locked up with family without the ability to control your emotions? Where you become sad very quickly, you become exasperated very quickly, you become angry even quicker. So sleep is extremely important for you to be able to control yourself. And if you have children, you know this. If you take a, a, a child and they don't sleep properly, they don't have all of the learning that you and I had on how to fake it. They immediately respond. If my, if my boys, any of them, if they have only six hours of sleep a night when they need about, you know, 10, they're going to explode with each other and it won't take two seconds. So sleep is the first one. The second one, being very practical here, Alex, the second one is to say thank you all day at every moment. And this is often very difficult to do. I mean, when somebody does something very special to you, it's easy to say thank you. It's difficult to say thank you when, let's bring it very close to home in my case, I'm a workaholic. So, you know, Sam, you've been in that room for eight hours straight. Come and say hello to the boys. They need to see you today. My immediate reaction, what is my immediate reaction? Is my instinct is to look and say, I cannot at the moment. I'm in the middle of a very important meeting and I just can't do it. Stop bothering me. I'll be out when I can. That's my immediate instinct. Now, when I say this, now it's very important. The biology is incredibly important. When I say this, my brain says, somebody's trying to attack him. Do you know what he needs? He needs cortisol. So then my blood is, is now filled with cortisol, which is a hormone that has a few reactions. It stops your organs from working properly. It removes the possibility of you being able to control your emotions to think clearly. Why did God create that? It's very simple. If you're in a dangerous situation, 
if there is a lion in the room, you need a lot of cortisol to stop philosophizing about lions in the room and either run or fight the lion. So cortisol is extremely important for you to, to function only in your muscles and your, your actions. But it stops your health. It absolutely destroys your possibility to control your emotions. Let's look at that scenario again, but using thank you. So I'm going against my instinct, and I finish the meeting that I need to be in, and then I go to Amy, my wife, and I tell her, I call her Amor, uh, which means, it doesn't matter what it means. Amor is, is how I call her. So I say, Amor, look, I want to thank you for the reminder. I've forgotten. I totally went into this world and I forgot. Thank you for reminding me. Two things happen at that moment. The first is that she will find that very strange at first. And she will feel extremely good emotionally. And the right hormones will go through her because she's just being respected and admired. And so she releases a hormone called serotonin. Serotonin regulates your mood. The reason why we respect our boss is that we want them to have a lot of serotonin in their blood because whatever decision they make has an effect on our life. So nobody wants a boss that has zero serotonin and therefore explodes or cries at the middle of a crisis. You want a boss that is absolutely level, that will see the situation and will say, hold on a minute, we need to think through this. And, and that's serotonin that does this. If you don't have serotonin, you are done. You cannot control your, your moods. So what happens in me is exactly the same thing. And that's the part that I never understood in my life is if you react positively, your brain will create the right hormones as a response. So my brain thinks of this and he's saying, thank you again. Everybody's trying to help this guy. He must be respected. Let me give him more serotonin. And the more serotonin I have, the better I can manage my emotions, the better I can manage my, my work, my house and everything else. So saying thank you all day long to people and God is extremely important for your mental health. Practicing gratitude. I just like saying, saying thank you. It's a lot easier. The last one, because I've talked too much already, but the last one is say sorry. Find moments in the day where you, you did not hit the mark as you should, where you could have done better, but you didn't for that. And saying sorry has similar effects in the body, but the, the main one is this. It defines your mistakes as mistakes as I did something wrong and not I am something wrong. It is the difference between guilt and shame. And that in one instance is not that important. When you have 10,000 interactions with the people at home, it matters a great deal. So, you know, when you, when I, last night, I had to explain something to James, my eldest, about four times and he wasn't understanding it. And, and I was very harsh with him. And at that moment, it's a great opportunity for me to apologize for, for that. And when that happens, I don't feel shame because I am a bad parent. I feel the guilt of having done something wrong. And guilt is great, you know, because you can just apologize. You are forgiven and you can move on with your life. So when you, when you express what the other has done that you did not like, and when you have an opportunity to apologize, you end what is destroying families, which is resentment. Resentment is when you don't say what you should say and when you do not apologize. So in terms of, of being productive, Alex, I, I've taken a step back, if I hope you didn't mind, of looking at, at not the schedule and the logistics of how to get work done, 
but the emotional state you need to be in on a medium to long-term basis in order to get that work done. And when Karen was discussing where to put the desk, you know, I'm in my basement and, and we've tried putting desks everywhere. And I was having a chat with my team about this. You know, where do you put the desk? And we decided unanimously that the best place for a desk is the office. And I can't <laughs> wait to go back to the office. So that's uh, it. thank you, Sam. Let me just review the three points that you brought up. And the last two were peacemaking, the, uh, the attitude of being grateful. And the first one, was it sleep? Sleep. Sleep, sleep. say thank you, say sorry. If you want to stop with that, sleep, so say thank you, say sorry. Sleep will give us strength. And the other two will help us, you know, keep the relational atmosphere where it's supposed to be. And that will already solve so many issues because we are now cramped into this situation with our family for the time being. So thank you for, for sharing this. Um, Karen, um, now on to you. So what's been working for you or what uh, you find in your research really works in these kind of situations? Please. Uh, first of all, thank you, Sam. You know, an, an additional benefit of sleep is for our health. And it just goes without saying that to, to try to fight this virus, to have best resistance possible, our friends, the doctors tell us we need at least eight hours of sleep. So make, ensuring that we have enough sleep from that perspective is important as well. One of the things that I was thinking about as far as staying productive is to set work times and then put work aside. And that's hard to do, at least for me, because I have my phone, you know, and okay, I need to be on duty because who knows where in the world there's going to be a, a crisis or somebody has an issue. And, and yet, you know, at a certain point, you've got to take a break for your mental health. So having a set time for work, if that's possible, trying to keep the same schedule that you usually do, to me, that's important as well. Trying to get up about the same time, you know, go to work about the same time, take regular breaks as you would if you were in your regular workplace, um, getting exercise. Some days it's it's uh, pretty tough, but um, our daughter lives with us and she has a dog. And so uh, the dog insists that we take it out, of course. And so it kind of helps us to get out and in the fresh air. And to me, we've had a few nice days this last week and just being outside, looking at the flowers, looking at the blossoms on the trees, um, it's just invigorating. So just being balanced in that and i know that we've been we've been talking a lot about space you know being together more but i was also thinking about those who are single who this isn't a a, a problem for them to be in a in a close space but perhaps to be isolated is more of an issue and so trying to keep connected with family with friends through online through you know, phone calls, um, or however, is also important. Those of us who have family with us, sometimes we need to allow each individual to have their own space, their own time alone, away from everyone else. One of my colleagues, who will remain nameless, told me uh, this week that 
I'm just so tired of looking at my wife. She looks at me and I look at her and that's it. There's no, we don't have anything else to look at. And she's just getting on my nerves. So I told her she has to be in this part of the house because she has a whole lot of meetings and I need my space in this part of the house and we just have to have our space. And in fact, it's gotten to the point I've taken up a new hobby. So he was telling us that, that uh, the, his hobby is, is bird watching now because he needs something to do to look outside and to see something other than his wife. That was his, his take on it. And that's a little, you know, uh, tongue in cheek a bit, but not too far off sometimes that we, we need some space and just to allow, allow each person, you know, to have their own space is, um, is important. I think also, Sam, you touched on being positive. And to me, uh, that's an important thing. I'm happy to be home because usually, you know, as many of you, we travel a lot. And so being home is a treat. And we've been able to do a few projects around the house over the weekend or in the evenings that we've had on our long list for quite a while. You know, over a couple of weekends, we we recovered our dining room chairs, you know, so taking on a project that you've wanted to do for a long time and um, being able to accomplish it, that is, is a positive thing to me. The other day, I think it was last Friday, wasn't it, Mike, that we, we had a big pile of um, wood chips delivered to our front yard and we just spent most of the, the day outside doing, you know, physical labor moving these wood chips around to the flower beds and so on and i just needed that break from technology from meetings from interacting and just being outside so taking the time that you need to um to do projects but also um being outside and just you know getting the rejuvenation that you need from nature and and hard work the last one that i had was um, I just said pets are good therapy. And I don't know how many of you have pets, but if you have a cat or a dog or a bird or whatever, um, they demand, you know, that you pet them and you, you uh, care for them. But uh, the dog that we have uh, just demands that, you know, you need to pet me now. I don't know. It's just something soothing about, about um the love that they show in return, there's no, no strings attached. You know, they, they adore you no matter what. Taking care of pets to me is a, is, a, is a good way of staying productive. It's good therapy. So, yeah, I think we, at least from my perspective, there are more demands on us, on us now, on me anyway. And so it's important to find as many ways to to remain um, sane as, as possible. So that's it for me. Thank you, Kieran. Um, this gives us a fuller picture, you know, as, as we hear these, um, uh, what uh, Sam has shared and what you, Kieran, uh, just uh, shared right now. And also as we look at the chat with the uh, uh, friends, what you are sharing, if, if you have new thoughts, please uh, keep giving them to us because that enriches how we understand 
the situation, how we can be empathetic with each other and how we can deal with the current situation, um, even professionally, even in terms of work. Um, Herman, now on to you. So what's been working for you or again in your research and uh, in what people share with you that works? Please share with us a few thoughts. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, Sam and Karen. And I, I will be short because time is running out. I'm sure we would like to listen from our colleagues here. Um, there, I see that uh, Stephen Blosser mentioned uh, technology uh, as well as Sam did a few minutes ago. You know, being prepared for technology, having technology in order is important. The other side of the picture, and together with Karen, a few days ago, we were listening to some uh, missionaries uh, in some other countries. They don't even have electricity. They, they, they need to go somewhere else to just charge their phones. So what we have, it, it's, it's a luxury compared to what they have. Um, but yeah, if you want to be productive, if you want to be efficient, you need to have some kind of technology in order. Um, the other thing that I wrote here is uh, to manage expectations, to, to communicate expectations, not only with uh, your colleagues, but also at home. Uh, you know, you work, you are at home uh, working 8, 10, 12 hours a day. It's good that we communicate and we don't necessarily think that, well, everything will be according to what I think it should be. And I'm so glad that some touched some, some issues that are related to our mental health. I was thinking, you know, Anne Hamel will have, and she's listening, we'll have another colleague uh, giving this type of good uh, type of suggestions on how we can be sure that we are doing the right thing with our mental health. The last one is something that Audrey and Jorge mentioned, we need to have regular exercise. You know, there are some, some places, I'm sure that we have representation here from uh, countries in which you cannot go out. You, you just need to remain in your house. Uh, for example, the case of our children, in Argentina, they cannot go out except uh, once in a while to buy food. So doing exercise, even if you're at home, you need to move your body. You need, you need to uh, have your blood circulate in order for you to be, to be okay. So these are my, my three tips. Thank you very much, Herman. We have one more part. Uh, the time is flying. We're a little late now with our schedule, and I know different cultures look at it differently, and we're a global audience. So um, what we'll try to do now is to ask Sam to give a, a, a maybe a shorter version of his presentation, but still do it because we asked him to share a few tips with us. In what way can technology transform our lives and how can it help us to work from home. Sam, on to you. There are three parts that I, that I thought of that would be helpful. Uh, the first is the connection with team members. No one does anything by themselves. So you need to connect with others. And we're doing that right now. So the easiest system to use is Zoom. It's magical. Um, you know, you click a button and suddenly you're in a you're seeing faces from all over the world and hearing things that you need to hear and participate, etc. So uh, you need some technology that will allow uh, video and audio 
with other people. When you're in isolation, that becomes incredibly important. That's number one. Uh, the second is that you need a quick method of communication with your teams. And for that, I will uh, suggest WhatsApp. WhatsApp is very efficient in the way that it builds groups. It minimizes the number of emails that you get, and it's very quick. You know, you ask a question and bam, people respond. And they respond because they spend their days on WhatsApp as well. So they're constantly going back to that app and they're constantly responding. So create a group with your team and use WhatsApp. And the third part of this is project management. Project management is something that is new to the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Usually, we ask somebody, we give them the job of director, and we say, okay, here we go, manage. But the thing is, directors are supposed to set strategy and to make sure that people are doing their jobs. And that sometimes is difficult. So in the last year, communication has gone from having a team of uh, 10 people in the building. We now have 55 people globally that we are managing. And in three years, this will hopefully grow to about 300 to 350 people that are working on digital evangelism. So I want to show you just uh, the system that we use for managing this project, all these projects. It's called monday.com. Most of you have received adverts from Monday and you've never checked it out. So let me show you that. Uh, so this is monday.com. Let me give you an example of uh, campaigns that we are running. So we are running a campaign uh, that focuses on prayer. So this is a prayer campaign. And here you can see all of the different assets and the different marketing pieces that we're doing. And there is a process of approval. There is a process of creating. There is a process of, of our chief designer looking at it. And very quickly, these, these are, you know, we're producing 1,600 different ads for Facebook. And managing the production of, of that with teams that are in London. We have a team of designers in London. We have a team of, of videographers in the Philippines. Uh, we have people in India. We have people in Africa, in South America, in America. How do you manage all of this so that the time zones work properly? Uh, and Australia, obviously, is the most difficult. And we have a team there. So here, very quickly, I can see how the project is going. The more green, the better. Uh, but I can see that the team is working and doing their part at a glance. So that's one, those three, those three things would be for me the essential for this moment, a technology that you can connect with video and audio. Second, a quick chat platform that you can talk as a team. And third, a project management platform that moves things from idea to completion. To conclude, let me say to you that it is always a privilege for us to serve you as the IWM podcast listener. It's fascinating to be together in God's cross-cultural missions team. Now, we hope you made sure and subscribe to the IWM podcast. If you did, it makes the new episodes reach you effortlessly. Now, we never ask for ratings and reviews. By the way, this is how podcasts live and thrive in the big world out there. They always crave those rating and reviews. We don't have any intention to get much notice in that space. But we have every intention to serve Adventist cross-cultural missionaries and the wider Adventist mission community. 
And to do that, we need your help. Your personal recommendation is a true gift, friends. It's a true gift to this ministry. If you know someone who you feel would appreciate listening to the IWM podcast, let them know about it. My name is Alex Ott, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>